Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Brian Massey today. Take a computer programmer, a salesperson, a marketer, an entrepreneur, and cram them into a lab coat, and you've got conversion scientists. Brian Massey has been optimizing websites since before it was cool. He's seen a lot of tests since 2007 when he founded Conversion Scientists. The company has stood web design at its head, using behavioral science both before and after launch to guarantee more leads and more sales. Brian, a very warm welcome, sir. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Cramming no all those parts of me into a lab coat. I'm going to have to steal that. <laughs> no worries, man. Brian, looking forward to this today. Um, I think this is going to be a really useful masterclass in how our audience of business owners and sales reps can utilize, basically get best bang for their buck out of their websites to ensure they're generating as many juicy leads and new sales opportunities as possible. Um, so before we get into what it really takes to turn our websites into lead generation machines, Brian, please give us a, a quick snapshot and background on yourself. So for anyone that does not know Brian Massey, what you're about um, and, and what caused you to start your company. Yeah, well, so I am a programmer by training, um, a geek all the way through high school. Uh, but when I graduated from college with a bachelor in science and computer science, um, I saw a salesman, an IBM salesman. I thought, hmm, maybe I should be doing that rather than sitting in a cubicle coding all, all day. So went into sales, uh, came back, got into marketing, and I was trying to figure out, you know, in the, uh, the early 2000s, how I could figure out which of my landing pages was working. I was sending emails, traffic was coming, but I didn't know what was working and what wasn't. So I wrote my own analytics package. Uh, Google came along and gave theirs away for free and it was fantastic. So that began the uh, my, my journey of saying, wow, there are all these tools coming on the market that really allow me to manage my business. Um, and I got so excited about what became conversion optimization. We didn't even have a name for it back then um, that I started my own agency in 2007. So um, at that point, I was spending a lot of time teaching the market that they needed conversion, although no one puts up a website that they're not trying to get more people to engage with their business. And um, since then, we've grown. I mean, we still are a small agency. I like to say we're the perfect size. Um, and uh, we spend our time now um, doing this for other businesses, going in, understanding how their visitors are behaving, how we can improve the website and collecting the data that proves we're either right or wrong with all of our brilliant ideas. Good on you, man. Uh, good little story there. So Brian, let's jump into it. Without further ado, um, we want to talk about how our listeners, how our watchers can turn their website from just being a mere drop in the ocean, a simple brochure site online, which I'll be honest, when, when, we first, when I first um, launched my website many, many years ago, just like yourself, I didn't really know what conversion rate optimization was. I didn't realize that we had to actually convince visitors that they needed to, to build confidence, to build trust in our services on our websites before they actually then 
reached out to us by giving us a call or filling out a lead form or fill out inquiry form or if we're on e-commerce obviously making a purchase that there was all these different elements and bits and pieces of the puzzle that actually caused visitors to, to then convert to becoming a lead or becoming customers so it'd be good as a starter to to talk a bit about what it takes from just being a simple information or brochure site to actually building a website that's an effective converter of um, leads or sales what would you say are some of the core differences um, Brian. Yeah. So the, the brochure idea came across, you know, back in the day when it was all print, um, I would come across a brochure somewhere and it would have a, a fantastic idea of someplace I wanted to go, something I wanted to buy. And I would read it and say, well, yes, I do want this. And I would buy that. Um, early on the web, we were putting up similar things. We would simply explain what our product or service was and let the visitor um, decide if they wanted it or not. Unfortunately, on the web, we don't look at just one brochure. If we see a brochure, we see a website, we go out and we search for other alternatives. And so it's not enough to simply explain what we do and let the visitor decide. Um, and you're probably investing uh, in search optimization, maybe buying ads. You're paying to bring people to your brochure you don't want them to leave and go off and, and check out your competition or your alternatives. Um, and a brochure site really doesn't do a good job of that. So what we want to do is we want to do a couple of things. Number one, if we're selling something that can be transacted online, it's the internet and people know how to buy things online. So we want to make sure that we're doing a good job of presenting our value proposition price and getting people through the purchase process. For a lot of businesses, really what we want to do is we want to build an asset that allows us to stay in touch with the people that are coming to our site. Um, the most common way of doing that is to build a list. So um, when people come to our site, we want to give them a reason to give us their name and email address so that we can continue the conversation, continue to remind them of the value of what we offer and give them opportunities to come back and call us. Um, uh, buy something from us, uh, schedule something with us, whatever that next step is in that business relationship. And the business that does that best, that builds that list and communicates well with the visitors is going to be the the, the, the one that wins in the long run. Got it. Okay, Brian, are we talking about building lead magnets here? So are we talking about putting together offers um, I'll be talking about things like ebooks or white papers to collect email addresses. So some kind of hook or, or are you talking about something a little bit different? No, I, that's usually one of the first things that we'll test is um, coming up with some sort of content um, that is relevant. So <clears throat> the, the, the typical funnel looks like this. You put up a website, you put a lot of copy on the website, Google sees it and, and puts you in a bucket and starts bringing people who are looking for whatever you offer. Um, so to do that, you're already generating content. Uh, people are coming to blog posts, articles. Typically, those are the, the primary landing pages when um, Google or Bing are sending that traffic to you. So you want to come up with um, what you call the lead magnet, a piece of content that expands on that. Um, something simple, if you're, um, if you're you know, selling apparel, let's say you're an e-commerce site and you're selling apparel, um, you might offer a buyer's guide. So for those people that aren't ready to buy right now, but that you want to continue the conversation, a buyer's guide for whatever you're selling might be helpful. Um, if you are a law firm, you could say that the, you can offer a piece of content, the five 
um, mistakes people make when securing a uh, legal representation. And uh, these will be things that, that for people who are trying to solve a problem that you solve will be interesting to them and they'd be willing to give you a name and email address. Um, that builds your list and then you um, provide a series of emails that add value. You can even offer additional content. But the goal is to bring them back to the site and get them to call you, get them to fill out a consult, a, a form for free consultation or to be contacted. So that's the pretty typical funnel um, for organic traffic. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. I mean, like you say, a large percentage of people that are going to come on our website as, as a business, like you say, aren't always going to be ready to take that action and give you a call or fill out a form if we're in, in the business of providing services or if we're in the B2C or e-commerce business, make a purchase straight away. So that, that guide idea is a really nice idea thinking about, I guess it's about thinking about a piece of content that's going to be useful for your ideal customer, right, Brian? So yeah. they're actually going to think this is going to be helpful to me and then they sign up. And then is it just a case of sending emails over a set number of days, just with really helpful, useful content? And then on the last few few days, then you do an ask? Is it something like that? Yeah. And, you know, the mistake that most business owners make is not sending enough email. So um, what you have to realize is that maybe every third or fourth or fifth email is actually going to get read. So if you're sending one a week, you might be, you might be contacting that, that person once a month. And if they're looking to make a decision within a week or two, you're outside the window. So one of the mistakes we make is not sending frequently enough. Whenever somebody signs up for a, a lead magnet, a piece of content that um, helps them become a better buyer of your service or your product, um, it, you know, send five or seven emails every day after that. And you can literally explain to them what was in the lead magnet in case they didn't read it they did read it, you're reiterating the value and interspersing that with um, offers, um, you know, free consultation, a discount on your first month, uh, whatever um, sort of promotional content will bring them back to the site and inch them closer to um, a purchasing decision. So I think really focusing on that, um, that follow-up email and not being afraid to be uh, frequent with them is um uh, it's one of the the key things we see the key mistakes we see people making got it nice one um and let's talk about perhaps let's let's pretend we're working with a service-based business brian and their main objective of the website is to get people to perhaps request a demo perhaps they're a software as a service company so they really want people to hit that button and request a demo with one of their sales reps um lead magnets to one side let's say it is a it is a prospect that's on the website that actually does want to do business with them. What are some of the perhaps best practices we can get to actually drive them to, to make that demo request and some of the worst practices that we can should make sure that we avoid? Specificity in your calls to action. So um, when we've got more of a brochure site, um, we generally put lead uh, generating content on there. So we'll say subscribe to our newsletter. Well, how exciting really is another newsletter in your inbox? <laughs> uh, so if you can um, give them some examples of the kind of content that they have, uh, maybe talk about how many other subscribers you have, they begin to say, oh, this is really valuable. Um, be more specific around those calls to action. The really important call to action on your site is going to be fill out a contact form, contact me. And this is often relegated to a contact us page with a generic form. 
Um, instead, I would say put up a special page that is um, start get get a free demo and get all your answer your questions answered, um, and put the, in that context. So it's not just a generic contact us because that's telling me I'm going to get a call from a salesperson. And the only thing worse than another newsletter in your inbox is a call from a salesperson. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a consultation and get questions answered. And on these pages, you want to talk about the consultation. It's going to be 30 minutes. At the end of 30 minutes, we'll decide, you know, help you decide what the best course of action is. If we're a good fit, we'll give you a quote. Uh, you'll be talking to a knowledgeable person who can answer your questions, not a salesperson, if, if those things are true. So you want to sell the call as something that's going to help them in their business. So you see the distinction on why a special page for a, con a demo or a consultation is better than a generic contact us page? Yeah, 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 that makes a heck of a lot of sense. And I really like the, the point about being specific. So a whole bunch of websites would, would, like you say, just have the general contact form, like your name, your email, your phone number, your message. And as a as a visitor to the site, you don't really know what, what's going to happen, whether how quickly it's going to take for them to get in touch, what they're actually going to contact you about, what you're getting in touch about, whether you're speaking to sales, customer service and all this and that. So if you're really specific, um, I guess it helps the end user understand exactly what they're going to get out of the experience and gives them a bit more reassurance and confidence in your services and what, what they're going to get. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. We want them to feel comfortable and confident beginning a relationship, beginning a conversation with our business, just as if we were sitting in a store window. Sure. Sure thing. That, that makes perfect sense, Brian. Um, so moving the conversation forward, we... Um, you talked about you touched on it briefly just now um, with the mention of SEO, so search engine optimization to get our websites organically placed on Google, um, and also paid ads. So whether that's Google ads, Bing ads, Facebook ads, whatever ad platform we choose to invest in, um, to generate those all important leads or sales inquiries opportunities, um, how should we decide whether we should invest in more ads to generate more traffic to our site, or to to look at to improve our conversion rates, or do we do both? Yeah. So um, if you're doing a good job with what you have in terms of building your list and, get, and, and getting them to come back through email, um, then yes, uh, you should invest in the traffic. The flip side is you don't really know if you don't have enough traffic coming. So if you're getting 100 visitors a month or even 1,000 visitors a month and 1% of them are converting, it's a you don't really know how well you're doing is is 10 is that a good conversion rate is 20 a good conversion rate so you may want to um, start off uh, typically we recommend um, uh, using some ads so if you're developing out these landing pages and you want to see how they work uh, go ahead and invest in some ads to go to those pages but instead of just looking at the number of clicks your ads are generating look at the number of people who are completing the form the number of conversions that you're getting from those ads. Uh, if you don't think it's high enough, then you can turn that off and, and make adjustments. But if you are seeing a high conversion rate, then what you want to do is start investing in that organic traffic. And actually, organic traffic takes a while to grow. So um, we, we would always recommend that you start there. Um, so you're essentially investing in ads dependent on how good you are at creating these special pages that get the visitors to convert either join your list or uh, sign up for that demo, that free consultation, uh, whatever that next step is. Even um, phone calls, mobile is growing crazy. And so your audience may be interested in, in calling. 
Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So what we're saying is perhaps um, when it comes to paid ads, start with some kind of small test to, to see how well your landing pages that you're looking at or your, your website, depending on where you're directing the traffic, is actually not just generating the clicks, but is actually converting those all important leads. And then based on the conversion rate that you get, um, then looking kind of whether you should ramp that, up, that ad spend up or whether you need to make tweaks to your landing page or to your website to help improve that and perhaps pause the campaign for a while whilst you work on different changes. Or um, as, as I'm sure you'd recommend, Brian, looking at maybe A-B split testing, which is sometimes what we do for our clients where we set up perhaps two different landing pages, one with slightly different copy, maybe a second with forms des designed in a different way or forms with less fields for people to complete because we all know people hate inquiry forms that are like an essay where you've got to put name, second name, surname, <laughs> job title, job description, how long have you been at this company for, basically a life story, and then you yeah. finally get to the submit button and you've fallen asleep by the time you fill out the demo. Um, so, so yeah, all, all those kind of things makes makes perfect sense. Are there any um, any best practices talking about landing pages and converting are from your experience, Brian, and perhaps what's worked well for you or your customers, are there any best practices for landing pages in terms of how we position them, how we should position our forms or um, kind of social proof or anything like that? Yeah. So you hit on it that the more forms you add, uh, I'm sorry, the more form fields you add to a form and the more personal the information you're requesting, the lower your conversion rate is going to be. So if you're getting too many um, form fields, you know, you're, it's too much, it's doing too well, then you add fields to qualify visitors in or out. If you ask a qualifying question, business size or, or title, um, those people that are not really serious may fall off. And that would be a good thing in that case. Um, most of us don't have that problem. We'll take all of the leads that we can get. So start with the minimum that you can have. Any questions that you can ask during the demo or during the sales con uh, consultation, dig those off the form. Get rid of those CAPTCHA forms. You do not want your prospects carrying the burden of your spam problem. So you'll see a significant drop in um, CAPTCHA forms, even if it's just the very simple recaptcha Google one-click uh, checkbox, because if they do anything fishy, then they, they have to be taken through a process that can be quite onerous. So you, you don't need any recaptcha on there. And on your landing pages, consider a few um, things to add. So should you add some social proof? Do you have some testimonials that you can add to that page to reinforce that other people have had success? Um, uh, is your value proposition laid out? And you know, on a page where you're selling a demo, you wanna talk about the value of the demo. Um, you don't really have to spend all your time talking about how great your company or great your product or great your service is. Um, uh, but you want to build that value proposition out. Um, do you have risk reversal? So are you assuring that that person that if they give you a name and email address that you're not going to be selling it to everybody and they're going to get a bunch of calls from, and emails from strangers? Um, so, um, you know, we respect your privacy, link to your privacy policy is just enough to make people think, okay, these guys are, are, are serious about, you know, you're not driving me crazy. Um, balance that with, the frequency of your emails. If people opt out. You'll, if people opt out of the follow-up emails that you use, then it's good to let them go because they're kind of qualifying themselves out. So um, uh, you know, these are some of the things that you can 
consider adding to a landing page to make them feel more comfortable and more confident filling out that form and uh, getting through and having a conversation with you. Nice one. So in terms of, so we talked about a little bit about ads, a little bit about SEO, talked a little bit about using landing pages and best practices to drive those all important leads. Um, from a analytical or a measurement perspective, Brian, is there, and there may not be a perfect answer for this, but how often should we be tinkering things? How often should we be going into tools like Google Analytics, for example, that's going to give us all that juicy data on how people are interacting with a website, how people are converting, uh, the traffic sources, whether they come from a paid ad, whether they come from SEO or LinkedIn or Facebook, the, the attribution source. How often should we be looking into these data sources and then tinkering with a landing pages? Example, so if, if we're getting a nice in, influx of leads, should we just leave it as it is for years and years later and just hope for the best? <laughs> or should we be constantly tweaking, tweaking with it each day? Or is there a kind of sweet spot? So as the manager of a business, your job is to understand your customers. And that's really what we're talking about. So when we make a change to a landing page and then we go and look at the difference that makes, we're learning something. We change a headline, for instance. Uh, let's say we, well, we'll try something a little bit more emotional, but a little bit less functional. And we see an increase in leads. That's telling some, us something about our visitors that they are looking for that. We call these sorts of buyers humanist. And they're interested in the who I'm going to do business with. If you're in a services business, for instance, um, let's say you're a plumber, um, we find success if you show, uh, instead of a stock photo, um, show a picture of your truck if it's been wrapped, show a picture of your employees with a clean uniform, um, even with the booties on their, on, their, um, on their shoes, you're sending signals that showing them what their experience is gonna be like. So a change like that, that works tells you something about your audience that they, they they prize that sort of thing. So you can begin to say, well, how can I do more of this? Should I take those sorts of images out and do some ads around those so that people coming know they're going to have a professional experience when we come to fix their faucet or remodel that bathroom? Um, if you are um, a-B testing, is, uh, is, you mentioned, is the best data that you can collect because it controls for changes in the market. Um, it's a little bit more sophisticated, um, but any business owner is going to have to be able to use the data to make decisions in their business. The thing about this, if you're offering something for a price like a, um, a free steam clean for $99, um, is $89 better? Uh, is there a drop if you go over 100? So you can really use these landing pages to test all sorts of aspects of your business, how you're bundling things. If you're running a, a, a SaaS business, site as a service business, which features should you mention first or, or put the most emphasis on? Which ones seem to be most important? So as you make these changes and then you go into Google Analytics and you see how these pages are performing, you're learning how to speak to your customers and how to attract those, especially those that are on the verge of buying, we say lower in the funnel. Um, it, is, it can be intimidating to um, open Google Analytics and um, you know, read all the reports and suddenly define some value from them. But if you go in with a special question, like, I wonder if this page is working better this week than it was last week, um, please do that. And uh, that's, a, that's a specific report that you'll go to and find, you'll get your information and you'll get out not quite as spooky. Now, when you make a change, 
um, let it run for a while. So you need dozens or if you can, hundreds of conversions to tell you that the before and after is better or worse. So I think you should always be experimenting, but when you make a change, let it run long enough that you feel like you've got enough conversions that this is not just an accident, it's something you can change in the market, but in fact, whatever you changed on that page did improve things. Yeah, no, it's some really great pointers. And like you say, Brian, it's amazing how just small things that you were would think wouldn't do much, whether it's just changing a title, changing a pricing, changing an image, like you said there, from stock photography to actual pictures of your team or people using the product rather than just generic images or changing layouts, changing color schemes, changing the way call to actions are read. Just those minor things that you wouldn't really think generally could do much can really have a huge impact on how people actually engage trust and then most importantly, convert or click through, take the action you want them to take and generate those all important leads. So, so yeah, some some really nice points. Um, but to, to wrap things up, Brian, um, I know, uh, as, as we know, as, as many of us know anyway, a lot of um, visitors now are coming from a mobile as opposed to desktop. So are there any things that we need to think about in terms of audiences coming from mobile versus, or even tablets versus traditional desktop experiences? Yeah. So um, there's a report in Google Analytics you can go and look at it and it will tell you how many mobile visitors you have versus how many desktop or tablet visitors you have. Tablet visitors are generally pretty small in the market right now and the desktop and tablet pages tend to look about the same. The mobile, the small screen mobile, the phone visitors are going to get a very different experience. Most of us are on what we call a, a um, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the word, the, uh, um, the it's a, it, it, your website adjusts itself for small screens. Um, oh, responsive. Responsive is the word I'm looking <laughs> for. <laughs> um, so you want, if you are, if you are doing more email, most of those visitors are going to come on mobile. We test, we, we check our email on mobile. If you're advertising in Facebook, most of those visitors are coming on mobile. And so in general, what you're going to see is an increase in the number of mobile visitors. And once you go past 50% visitors, and I suspect most of you already have close to or more than 50% of your visitors coming on mobile, um, you need to stop looking at the desktop site and, and deciding how you want to change things. Um, Google Chrome makes it very easy for you to see what your website looks like on a mobile desktop, I mean, on a mobile device. And that is the page that you want to be looking at. And there are different things that you put on a mobile um, site. You want some sort of a sticky element at the top or the bottom that reiterates something important, often a call to action, a phone number that they can click to call through, um, uh, you, the way things stack, um, the amount of text that you're using, uh, eliminating big images that are just there to make the site look pretty, slows down uh, the load time on mobile. And yep. people, most people on mobile are on a, a, a low end connection far away from a tower whether it's 4G or 5, uh, 5G, they aren't connected as fast as on, on Wi-Fi. Um, and uh, so start there, start looking at, at your site from the mobile side, because it's only gonna keep growing and um, you, you, uh, you don't wanna get stuck um, nipping and tucking on the desktop side when the real important changes are gonna happen uh, on the mobile side. Good points, really good points. And yeah, I mean, like you say, it's Growing on that last point, page speed, so important now because 
I can speak from this from my own perspective. I'm very, very impatient. So if I'm looking for a service on Google, I open a website and it takes more than a couple seconds, two, three seconds to load. I'm just going to click off that site and go to a competitor. Um, and, and why should I wait, really, as, as a buyer? Why should I have a terrible experience on a website, wait seconds and seconds for a site to load when I could just go to a competitor that's going to give me an enjoyable experience, give me the information I need fast? So if your website is slow, like you said, Brian, it's really affecting your conversions because it's going to annoy people that go on it. They're more mm. likely to click through to a competitor because you've given them a poor experience. So on that note, um, Google PageSpeed Insights is a really good free tool where you can just head over to Google PageSpeed Insights, um, type in your website URL, and they'll give you a, an analysis of yeah. how fast your website is on mobile and PC. And they'll also give you some actionable tips on what yeah. you can actually do to improve it. So that's a nice little tool. And there is others too. Um, that's just one that, that we like to use. Well, um, you know, Google's tracking that. It's using that information to decide whether or not you're worthy of getting organic traffic. Or if you're buying search ads, it's affecting the... Um, um, the uh, quality score on your site. So improving your site speed and improving conversion in general is going to um, help your organic search traffic and increase that. Cool. Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure. We've covered some real gems really um, in terms of generating quality lead magnets, speeding up, building up your email lists, utilizing um, landing pages, best practices for analytics, why we not need not to be complacent with our websites and our landing pages and why we should be, always be monitoring analyzing and optimizing. Um, so really appreciate it, Brian. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, what I do like to ask everyone is if there is just one digital marketing channel that you could recommend to grow your business, what would be that digital marketing channel, Brian? Digital marketing channel to grow your business. I'm, I'm gonna go all in on uh, email. Build that list, build that list and send frequent, helpful and promotional emails uh, and that will basically charges your marketing battery on the list and then allows you to get the, the energy out of that in, in additional sales. Good on you, man. Brian, tell us a bit more about how people can learn from you, how people can connect with you, um, your business, and anything you like to promote, sir. Yeah, so um, we share everything that we're learning on at conversionsciences.com. We have a blog there. Uh, you'll learn a little bit more about us and how we work. And um, uh, you can actually sign up for a free consultation. We'll take a look at your site and review it and let you know what sort of conversion optimization strategy you should be using to grow. Nice one, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, dude. Glad to be here. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe to Sam's Business Growth Show on your podcast channel of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever the heck you get your podcast from. We interview two business leaders each and every week to provide you actual tips to grow your business and make best use of digital marketing to increase your sales. Thanks for tuning in. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or Book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.